always uh, fun for us to get a chance to talk to you and hopefully entertain you. Garen Amig of the Tulsa World, alongside my friend and uh, OSU beat uh, writer Eli Letterman. As we uh, dive into the Cowboys, thank you very much for diving in with us. You uh, can catch us every week on uh, TulsaWorld.com if you'd like to, uh, to watch the video version of this uh, audio-only podcast style. Thanks to our friends at Apple, Google, and Spotify. Uh, Eli, first of all, a thank you for in, in, uh, providing first-class entertainment and, uh, and a trip down memory lane. I used to collect baseball cards, <laughs> right? When I was a kid, that would be my reward for getting a weekly allergy shot. I don't know that I've, for those listening, you're going to have to just imagine. I'm holding up a Peter Schmeichel pro set soccer card that came uh, delivered from a uh, from a secret admirer from, in Stillwater this week, <laughs> along with uh, Daryl Doran. This guy looks like a this guy looks like a referee who's uh, sustained a head wound. Yeah, he looks nothing like a soccer player and, and a soccer player who's under the age of thirty. A lot of these guys, I don't know, they, they looked older back then. <laughs> the game the game was played at an older slower pace back then that's that's steve foster for the record mick quinn and daryl doran also uh graced my mailbox this week so thank you eli for the treat well you never know what you you go to a, this is a lesson for everybody you go into a thrift store or an antique store you never know what you will find and that is among those things as i explained to you off camera is about 200 old soccer cards like baseball cards with soccer cards for 99 cents and come on who, who can't be a deal like that that's hours of entertainment look at the smile on your face it's and this was a stillwater store yeah right on 9th street antique I, I, they're not a sponsor maybe we can work on that but, i was gonna uh, say i don't and so we're giving them some free plugs now maybe they're gonna have to get us back later but uh, the antique lobby on 9th is a good place uh good you, you can get lost in there for hours they got everything when we take the show on the road, that'll be our first stop. So, big cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if we have OSU soccer to transition into from from that just that glittering segment as a as an opener, uh, Eli. I, I do know that we need to talk one last thorough time about cowboy basketball now that OSU season has officially ended, and the only place we can see Mike Boynton is on. Uh, Big 12 coverage. The ESPN uh, ESPN is, is apparently using uh, Coach Boynton as as a uh, as a, I don't want to say studio analyst because he's at T-Mobile Arena in Kansas City, but providing some uh, between games commentary that I've actually kind of enjoyed. I think I think he's I think he looks good. I think TV agrees with him for the rec I for do, the record. I do too. He looked really good at that desk last night in Kansas City, and I think uh, I. I think it does suit him. When it, if I don't know if TV's in his future, if there's, there's desire for it, but whenever he hangs it up, I think he's he's got a future there. I, I was wondering last night. I mean, after that big OU win over Baylor, it had to be a little bit painful for him to be sitting there talking about OU getting an upset win. Um, but he he does look quite good up there. And I was I we chatted about this a little bit. I mean, were you surprised at all that he that the Big Twelve brought him out there? I mean, it seems like a slam dunk in terms of getting Mike Boyne in front of a camera, but. You know, the idea of the Big 12 bringing in a coach with where, where the storyline is about OSU, you know, why is he sitting at a desk and not there coaching with his team? And that, to me, was a bit of a, not a surprise, but I, I thought about that. But I, I think from my point in the program, it's a it's a no-brainer to have him out there. I, can't, I don't know. I haven't watched wall-to-wall uh, -wall coverage, but I think I, I've seen I, more, more clips, more of his segments than I haven't. And I don't believe that <laughs> – 
the postseason uh, situation has been addressed. And I, I keep wondering if they'll bring that up at some point because they have, what, 25 to 30 minutes to fill right. between games. That's when you see the most of, of Boynton. As far as I can tell, it's been straight analysis. But you, you got to think at some point maybe or, – or maybe it's part of the agreement. Look, yeah, maybe maybe from Mike, Mike's end, I'll, I'll come on. I really don't want to belabor the point, right? Maybe that's it. But um, – to me, I, I think from the Big 12 standpoint, it's a reminder of uh, some someone's been wrong. A pro, one of our programs has been wronged, and yeah. this is this is sort of a reminder of that. It, I think it makes Boynton look good that it's not like he's not he's not uh, balled up in a corner of his office, right? So that's for sure. Well, and this takes us to, to Monday, where Mike Boynton, or on Monday, Tuesday, days blend at this point, where he had his wrap up end of end of season wrap up press conference, and one of the things he lamented on top of I mean, he's, he's not, nobody here is over uh, the, the sanctions and the penalties um, and the postseason ban. I, I don't think anybody in that program feels any less wrong four months later. Um, and Mike Boynton's still frustrated, particularly for Isaac Likely and Bryce Williams, the two seniors who won't get another shot. But, you know, he, he noted that every school in the country, even the, the schools that go to their conference tournament and get bounced day one, this time of year, everybody's front and center. And that one of the only schools that is not, front and center at the, well, well, college basketball is at the top of the sports landscape is Oklahoma state. So there is an element there of, of just keeping the relevance and, um, and putting that face on a, in a very public forum. So I think on, on that front um, it, it makes sense. It's important. And it, it was an interesting um, candid per usual with Mike Boynton kind of end of season press conference. The, those emotions were still there, um, but you could tell, and no surprise having 21, 22 in the rear view, and being able to look forward to next year is it, it just looked like he had a weight off his shoulders. And, yeah. Um, I, I certainly think the program is ready to to move forward and just get past this. Um, mm-hmm. And and here they are now with that that opportunity. Yeah, you went to the uh, the exit interview during the week. The, the last time I caught Boynton and the Cowboys was after their last game, which was now last Saturday against Texas Tech. Again, that they won. Uh, again, it sort of typified their season. They, they played really inconsistent basketball, didn't play real pretty, but did fight, did stay together. Um, we've talked before over the course of the season about that being an obvious plus to this this year is the, the ability to even, I mean, even if you detected every now and then some tension, some difficulty, you always saw players up off the bench, you know, supporting teammates, right, engaged in games, even if they weren't getting a lot of playing time. That was certainly the case as the Cowboys went out with the, the one-point win over Texas Tech. Um, so that was nice to see. It was nice to see the players have fun, have uh, some final success since they were the ones ultimately victimized by that this whole this whole mess. Uh, but then, you know, Boynton comes into the room afterwards, and as usual, he really gets you interested because he says some, he's very open, very candid, and among the things he says, Eli, is that uh, I've got players that have been recruited yeah. <laughs> over the course of the season. I, you know, I don't, maybe he's referenced that with you guys in the beat along the way. It's the first time I'd heard him say something like that. And, and again, that just leads you to, to wonder how behind the scenes, just how strenuous the last uh, you know, five months have been for that program. I don't think it can be overstated enough just how, how difficult it was to get this team to that point. Um, to, to 15 and 15, which Mike Boynton said that number itself is not a success. But if you, you look at this season, finishing tied for fifth in the Big 12, uh, knocking off a number one team in Baylor, getting some big wins, he, he saw a lot of success 
in this group despite the struggles. But I really do think just getting that group to to March five and, and beating Texas Tech on the final day was a, a mission. And it, we saw all the ups and downs. And, and on the front of, you know, talking about his players, some of his guys, own guys being recruited before the season's even out, that was – I've probably heard that from him three times in the last week. So it wasn't okay. over the course of the season, but he, he's really been driving that point home. Donovan Williams was in the portal less than 48 hours after that game ended um, on Saturday. And he was a guy, I think, and Mike Boynton said, you know, disappointed it didn't work out here, but he's a great kid. And it was probably just – he was one, the one guy you could probably look at on that roster and say mutually – just better if, if they right. for, for for both sides, but um, you know he may not be likely won't be the the only outgoing, um, and and that was another thing that Mike Boynton spoke about as he looks toward next year. It's the portal era. He can't guarantee that. You know he said I don't expect twelve new faces on the roster next year. I don't expect to lose everybody, but if I have to, we'll, we'll recruit twelve really good new faces. So uh, I, I think he's now maybe with the benefit of not having to worry about March already looking toward next year and, and rebuilding this team because for all the the NCAA stuff and whatever hung over them, this was also just a, a, at times a very flawed basketball team. Right. A lot of talent, but never quite maximized it. And there's certainly work to be done. I and mean, he, he referenced, I, I was the one who asked him, I said, what, what do you guys need for next year that you didn't have? And I mean, he smiled. It, it's no secret. He was like, we need better shooting, proven shooting and a point guard. And those aren't exactly, you know, easy things to find. Everybody's looking for good yeah. shooting most every program could use a point guard so he's got his work cut out for him but, but those were the goals and I think he acknowledged that you know, there, there's guys who could come and go I was gonna ask um about the three Tulsa kids in particular just sort of a final statement that you had that you might have to offer on on Bryce Thompson as well as uh, Keelan and Caleb Boone uh, where I mean how do we how do we look at what they did this past season and how do, how do we look toward what, what they might have to offer next yeah, well, with Bryce Thompson, I think, I mean, there, there were obviously sky-high expectations when they left. Booker T went to Kansas and lots of expectations coming back. But if you were realistic about year one of him settling into a new program, um, not a program that was just going to put the ball in his hands and say shoot 25 times a game, um, I, I think it was a qualified success. He, he showed that he can be um, a legitimate proven scorer in the Big 12, um, which he, I think he'd shown flashes of but only played so much at Kansas. Uh, and with him, it's assuming, and I, I'm pretty confident on this, that he's sticking around, um, that he's a guy that next year and the year after can be a really productive and valuable player for Oklahoma State and, and maybe live up to some of that hype he's, he's had hanging with him. Boone brothers were had both had interesting seasons that sort of mirrored each other. Um, and it seems like it's mirrored a lot of their time here at Oklahoma State, where if one was up, the other was, was maybe down a bit. And, Started with Caleb Boone. Uh, he was injured in preseason and then just struggled in non-conference play to, at times, even get off the bench. And while he did that, Keelan was one of the most important bench players they had. Take you to the final two weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And Caleb was playing, but Keelan was the one who couldn't get off the bench. He'd been usurped by Woody Newton. And, and I'd say those are two guys when I'm, you know, not based on anything necessarily that You'd wonder about their three years in here. Neither of them had a, a junior season. I'm sure they would have liked to have had. And right. um, as you look at a, a roster of guys, I think there's only a handful that you'd be pretty certain are coming back. Um, and that's down. You know, you can include Musa Cisse and Avery Anderson, who have, who have decisions to make about pro basketball. Um, they would fall into that group of, of let's wait and see because I don't. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sure they'd have options elsewhere, but I, I also know that you know Mike Boynton certainly sees their value here. Um, but, but I think that that may truly end up being the defining part of this offseason for the Cowboys is, is the portal, who comes and and then or excuse me who goes and as a result of that who's who can come. Uh, they're still recruiting the class of 22. There's two point guards, Sky Clark and Anthony Black that Oklahoma State are in on. I mean, you bring in a five star point guard that might solve your problem even if they're young. Uh, but shooting in a, in a point guard seemed to be top of the checklist. If there's a transition ahead for the men's program, uh, that's to say the least for what's what's coming for the uh, the Oklahoma State women's basketball team. Now uh, that Jim Littell is is uh, moving on, uh, as we tape, Cal, the Cowgirls still have to play a, a quarterfinal game. You said Baylor is the opponent. Top seeded Baylor today. Baylor. Yeah. yeah, probably not going to turn out well. Uh, for OSU, so that would that would put a bow on on the Latell era. Um, I, I, I feels feels I feel guilty asking a guy who hasn't been on the beat of years for for reflections on on him. But you, you yeah, I've followed the story. Uh, you, you've gotten to know Jim, I think, a little bit. Um, you know that women's basketball has has enjoyed a, a, a if not a successful, a consistently successful place in the OSU athletic hierarchy. It's been important, especially yeah. as, as Oklahoma has faded, I think, the last four years. Now that OU is back sort of on track under Jenny Baranchik, their new coach, it, I think it, 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 the, the importance magnifies for OSU to, uh, to sort of keep pace, for lack of a better term. I think that's exactly right. That may be part of what played into the timing here, making this decision this season on Monday uh, before the Cowgirls headed to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament. The program announced that, it was a, that they'd mutually agreed them and Jim Littell that this is going to be it after 11 seasons uh, and it comes after really his probably the worst season that they've had under him their most losses their worst conference record and and I and I do wonder if, if Chad Weiberg and Casey Schrum were looking down at Norman and, and thinking we're going to get left behind and, and that's in a sport women's basketball that I think is only growing in popularity nationally uh, and in a, a really strong conference so it it, it to them was the right time to take things in a new direction. We'll see what they do with the search, but I think for now it's it's about focusing on Jim Littell. I mean, this has been the face of the program for 11 years, and it, it started uh, in a big way with him. Right. He, he came into that job, as, as a lot of people know, in November 2021, um, after Kurt Budke, who he'd served with for six, seven years as the associate head coach, was killed in a plane crash. Um, and... Uh, Asked John Smith yesterday, the wrestling coach, asked him about Jim Littell. And that, that was the first thing he went to. And Chad Weiberg, similarly on Monday, that Jim Littell carried not just the program, but as they would put it, the OSU family through an incredible tragedy, um, having nothing to do with what happened on the court that year in 2011, which was a 22-11 and 11 season and, uh, and a women's NIT championship that I, I know meant a lot. But he was the rock there that, that got the program through that and guided them after that to four straight um, NCAA tournament appearances. And, and after that run, things have been up more up and down. Last year was his best year in the Big 12. Um, mm -hmm. They made the tournament. But this year, the downturn, and, and now here they are where he's, you know, every day could be the, the last day. They won last night and beat Texas Tech. Uh, and as <laughs> Jim Littell quipped post-game, they'd beaten Tech now three times this year. And so he was asked about Baylor. And he said, I'm going to tell my players we're, we're playing tech again and see if they fall for it. <laughs> it was a good hit. That got uh, some real genuine laughs from the radio crew. And I, I bugs laughing here at home. Um, so they've got Baylor today, and that's a, a tall, tall test. 
Um, and, and this could be it for Jim Littell, but if so, they, I, I think it meant a lot to him hearing him speak that they went, mm-hmm. went in fighting last night and we'll see what they can do with Baylor today. But, uh, Oklahoma State women's basketball is headed in some new direction that we know. You referenced John Smith. I'd be curious to know how he is coming off a strange Big 12 championships where you got the feeling the Cowboys were just pressing to, to get as many of their, their guys through, right, to, into, into finals contention, championship contention. Where they finished fourth in the final standings, team stand, third or fourth? Yeah, yep. Missouri won. I know that. Um, and that's – that, for that to not say Oklahoma State at the top of the standings is, is bizarre. So uh, how'd you how'd you find John uh, give coming out of that that weekend? I met him with a hearty M-I-Z. No, I didn't. Yeah, I, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was uh, he was actually in a, he was in a fun animated mood yesterday when we spoke to him. But coming off of that, I mean, this is an unfamiliar position for Oklahoma yeah. State. Uh, it was unfamiliar that they went to Tulsa last weekend as not your you know prohibitive favorites to to go win it. They've done it for the previous nine years and um, they, they looked all right after day one, but I think what a lot of people expected is what unfolded Sunday where there were other teams there and other teams in this conference who caught up a bit. Uh, and so now they, they head to NCAAs with, with some true, you know, national championship potential individually, Dayton Fix, uh, chief among those guys. But as a team, they're not, you know, John Smith said it himself, but he cut someone off. Someone was trying to get it out, you know, well, you guys aren't exactly – and he's like, we're not contenders. That's what you're trying to say, right? And he acknowledged that, um, yeah. but measured that with, you know, what he wants to see from, A, the individuals and, and still from this team. They can go push there because um, I, I think there's individually – Carter Young, for instance, is your 18-year-old freshman who may be wrestling. And, and John Smith, interestingly, kind of hung on the fact that this year with, with certain athletes across the country getting those extra years – Carter Young, 18-year-old freshman, who, I mean, he, he's brilliant, but he looks maybe even younger than 18. He could be wrestling 25-year-olds out there in Detroit next week. And so he kind of hung on, on some of those differences, but he wants to see what someone like Carter Young can do. Yeah. And he has guys like Caden Gefeller and, and Dayton Fix who are, you know, these are oppor- these are the opportunities for them that they've been working on since they got here to go to NCAAs and, and, and go, do, go do the thing. So while the Cowboys are maybe not in the position they've been in and, and are coming off of, unfamiliar big 12 where they don't come away with silverware uh, as a team yeah i think there's there's still some hope as far as what they can do in detroit but definitely a different different feel around uh, that program than most marches so well let's revisit the wrestling team next week see how that goes let's circle back to basketball check in on the uh, the roster situation for mike boynton uh we'll see if we have uh, any kind of an update to share regarding the women's basketball coach search as jim latell moves on and I think we can talk football again next week. Is that right? Is that next safe to say? Or be, yeah, we'll, we'll be counting starting Tuesday. We can do the the one week countdown. You know, seven days, six days, five days to spring practice, which is right. equal parts hard to believe because it doesn't feel like all that long ago we were kicking at the Camelback at the Fiesta Bowl. But <laughs> uh, especially while you see, there's programs who are basically done with their spring camps. The ones who started in late February and both OU and OSU have not gotten gotten going. So it'll be exciting to be uh, around football again. Yeah, pro, they also have pro data stage still in, in Stillwater, whereas uh, Oklahoma and Tulsa, for instance, uh, like a bunch of other programs, did, did theirs this past week coming off the, uh, yeah. the combine. All right, stay warm out there, sir, and uh, and uh, say hi to your friends at the um, – apologize <laughs> to um, – what was it, Macklemore? Is that the guy who did thrift shop? Oof. Is that right? 
No, it is zone. Do we need to? Yeah, I should for me. No, good for you. Should have brought my uh, turntable in here. I could have done a sample as I held up my Schmeichel card in honor of your soldier. Be proud of that one that you that you got that reference. Yeah, more proud I got this guy right here. Look at this dude. I'm glad I I that's Casper's dad, right? Casper's dad, yeah. And it it is pretty. I mean, we're now diving into the weeds, but if you read the back of that card, (laughs) we brought in as like the missing jewel for Alex Ferguson to win his first title. Alex Ferguson goes on to win 13 Premier League titles. It's funny that that was ever a thought. I have a thought to do a soccer podcast with you now. Uh, there's, yeah. there, there's some guys in the OSU athletic department who I think would love to help launch yeah. a, uh, a European yeah. a European soccer pod. So uh, I don't know if anyone will listen, but that doesn't matter as long as we're entertaining ourselves, right? It's kind of like our approach to this show. Exactly. I'm entertained. <laughs> Which is all that matters. We'll try to uh, we'll try to have as much fun next week, uh, folks. Thanks very much for watching on TulsaWorld.com and listening via Apple, Spotify, and Google. We do appreciate it sincerely, and uh, we do wish you a uh, pleasant next seven days.